Well, thank you, Brother Terry. We appreciate you sharing that particular song. I tell you, it's a beautiful song, Bring Back the Cross. If you brought your Bibles, turn to Psalm 33. Psalm 33, we're going to look at the Old Testament, the book of Psalm. Psalm 33, I want to share we uh, thoughts this morning on a sermon that I've entitled, America's Only Hope for Survival. America's only hope for survival. And we'll look at Psalm 33, and we'll read for our text, verses 10 through 12. Psalm 33, verse 10 through 12. God's Word says, The Lord bringeth the counsel of the heathen to naught. He maketh the devices of the people of none effect. The counsel, or the word of God, the counsel of the Lord, standeth forever, the thoughts of his hearts to all generations. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord, and the people whom he hath chosen for his own inheritance. In Psalm 33, verses 10 through 12, the psalmist expresses a conclusion in regards to God's providence as it relates to the nations of the world. Now, when he uses the word nations there, he's referring to the heathen nations. So the psalmist expresses this conclusion in regards to God's providence as it relates to the heathen nations of the world. And he concludes, the nations are in his hands. The nations, the heathen nations of the world, are in God's hands. And he looks first at the nations that rebel against God. Look, if you will, at verse 10. The Lord bringeth the counsel of the heathen to naught. In other words, he brings their plans. Whatever the heathen nations have planned, God brings those to naught. God nullifies those plans. He maketh the devices or the plans of the people of none effect. What the heathen nations are expecting to do, God nullifies those plans. He makes those plans of none effect. Verse 11, the counsel of the Lord, the word of of the Lord standeth forever, the thoughts of his hearts to all generations. And so God's not pleased with any nation that chooses to govern its people with the ideology that there is no God. We have nations in our world today that they govern their people with this ideology that there is no God. God's not impressed with any nation that embraces and teaches its people that there is no God. God is not impressed with atheistic nations. He's not impressed with atheism. He's not impressed with Marxism. He's not impressed with socialism. He's not impressed with communism. He's not impressed with materialism. The old Soviet Union of 
officially embraced atheism for its national creed and taught its people, 200 million people, that there was no God. And then when they began to conquer other lands, they taught those people of those lands that there is no God. And the Bible says God will bring the counsel of the heathen, those nations, to naught, nullifying all their plans. Look at the old Soviet Union today. What happened to it? God nullifies the plans of the heathen. Russia may appear to be on the move, but as an atheistic nation, they're on the move toward the judgment of God. God doesn't tolerate that. Never has, never will. Even in the past, even in our day of time, God will thwart the plans of the heathen. Now, a nation without God is not going to win. Let that sink in. A nation without God... It's not going to win. It's, it's failing. It's devastating. It's in ruin. Failure, devastation, and ruin has already been decreed by God Almighty to a heathen nation. They're not going to win. However, the place and the time have not been set yet. God will bring all that about in his own time. The point is this, God has made a pledge to himself that he'll bring the counsel or the plans of the heathen to nothing. We know that. And that's the psalmist's conclusion there in verse 10 and verse 11 of the nations that rebel against God. Simply put, easy to understand. Now look, if you will, how he relates to those that, uh, the nations that respond to his word. Look at verse 12. He says, blessed is the nation. Blessed. Now the word for blessed, some translations use the word happy. Happy. Happy is the nation. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord and the people whom he hath chosen for his own inheritance. And so the psalmist looks at the nations that respond to God's word, that respond to God. And he says, happy or blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. And so now, when you think of that verse 12, when we look at it in its full biblical context, that nation is Israel here in this verse. However, the principle has a much wider application than just Israel. Referring to any nation, any nation. Blessed is the nation. In the biblical context, he's speaking of Israel. But in a broader application, he's speaking about any nation. Blessed is any nation whose God is the Lord. So the principle has a wider application. You can go back in history, and you can see the history of Great Britain. Great Britain was a nation in whose God was the Lord. And for many, 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 many years, Great Britain had Christian spokesmen and Christian representatives that led their nation. And God blessed Great Britain. And the same way it is with America. America in the past. Britain in the past. America in the past. I want us to think just for a moment in uh, as we think about blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. Let's think 
and for a moment about the founding of America with that verse in mind. The founding of the nation, of any nation, is a remarkable thing. Think about that. The founding of a nation. Pericles founded a nation upon culture, and it failed. Alexander the Great founded a nation on military might, and it failed. Caesar founded a nation on raw political power, and it failed. But yet there was something unique about America. America was different than all the other nations prior that had been founded. Like what a person by the name of Ray Babin said, he said, South America was founded on men seeking gold. North America was founded on men seeking God. There's a big difference, my friend. When you study American history, and by the way, I've heard on the news this week where there's at least 25 colleges now that are not offering American history in its course of studies, in their course of studies. But when you study American history, you're going to discover something unique about our history above all the nations on the earth. Think of that. When our forefathers came to Plymouth Rock, they knelt on their knees, thanking God for the new country that they were about to enter. The church of Jesus Christ in this new country was the center of every settlement that was made or that was settled on the, in this country. The Continental Congress was experiencing difficulty and problems and Ben Franklin asked them to get on their knees and pray for the God's blessing and God's honor and God's help as they organized this great nation. The point is, it's never... It's never, it's never improper, it's never unconstitutional for our nation or the leaders of our nation to get on their knees and ask the blessings of God for this nation. That's our history. That's what it's been in the past, and that's what it should be right now. Blessed is the nation, Psalm 33, verse 12, whose God is the Lord. The point is, that's how our country began. George Washington at Valley Forge was seen, you've, perhaps you've seen the picture portraying this, but George Washington was seen on his knees asking God for mercy and asking God for help for his soldiers there at Valley Forge. The point is that's how America came about. The picture of Moses was on the first coin of our country. And even today, we have on our coin now, in God we trust. That's how our country was founded. The point is, our forefathers knew that they were building a nation on God and on religion. That was the purpose for them coming here. The Medo-Persians had a great nation, but they drank themselves to ruin. The Egyptians under Joseph had a, prosperous nation, uh, had a prosperous nation for over 400 years. Then there came a Pharaoh that knew not Joseph and Joseph's God. And Egypt fell. 
Alexander the Great died a drunk and Greece failed. Rome, the rule of the world, but due to its luxury and due to its lust and extravagance, Rome perished. But America was founded on God. And as she continues to live, it will be because, and it will only be because that she continues on her firm foundation, and that's God Almighty. That's our history. Now, when you think about America and how America has been blessed, just think how America has been blessed in the past. It's been, it's been blessed with forests. It's been blessed with fields. It's been blessed with lakes. It's been blessed with rivers. It's been blessed with mountains. It's been blessed with minerals. It's been blessed with natural energy, a natural energy source. It's been blessed with the ingenuity of its people how they discover and how they invent and how they develop things. It's been blessed in the form of government that we have a republic, that our republic is based on laws for the betterment of the people. And it's obvious when you look at how America has been blessed, it has truly been blessed. God has been on our side. God has been on our side in the past. In the past. I'm reminded that during the Civil War, someone was speaking to Abraham Lincoln and expressed the hope that, that God would be on their side during the war. The president replied, he said, and I quote, that's not the thing I'm concerned about. The person was astonished. What could be more important of whether God was on than whether God was on our side? And the president said, and I quote, what I'm more anxious about, said Lincoln, is, I quote, it's whether we're on God's side. That's what's important. Whether we're on God's side as a nation. The point is, if America's going to be blessed by God, if America's going to be great again, we'd better be on God's side. We need to be on his side. But today, Americans headed in the wrong direction. You're well aware of this. I am too. I was reading a book, coming through the book, looking at chapter headings, and, and David Jeremiah has written a book I recommend to you. The title of his book is I Never Thought I'd See the Day. And he begins to list nine different things that that came to his mind, that's come to pass, that he'd never thought that he would live to see happen in America. I'm going to list those nine. First of all, I never thought I'd see, and this is part of our downward, downward spiral. He said, I never thought I would see the rise of new atheism. New atheism. Now, old atheism, the difference between the old and the new, new old atheism, a person just chose not to believe in God. But new atheism is a person that chooses not to believe in God and has anger and has resentment and has vitriol, has hatred. That's the new atheism. You know, athos, the Greek word, can be understood in three words. Uh, first, it's understood without God due to your circumstance. 
Ephesians 2 verse 12, an unreached people group who've never heard the gospel are atheists. They're without God simply because of their circumstance. Then you have atheism, atheists, without God by choice. Some people just choose to believe there is no God. That's the old atheism. And then you have without God by callousness. And so you have that vitriol, you have hatred, you have resentment, you have anger, violence. Jeremiah thought he never would see the day that atheism would be angry. Secondly, he said Christians, never thought I'd see the day that Christians wouldn't know they're in a, a war. And he's referring to a spiritual war. We're in a war, we're in a battle. We're in a spiritual battle between good and evil, right and wrong, God and the devil. And we don't even know it. For the most part, Christians are not even aware we're in a spiritual war. He never thought he'd see the day when Jesus was so profaned. And I was looking at a couple of pages in the book about how people are profaning uh, and how Hollywood is profaning, how they are profaning Jesus today. And it was so, I was, I was really afraid to stand in the pulpit and read an excerpt of that. Just the excerpt of that was frightening to me. How Jesus has been profaned today. Who would have ever thought that would have happened? Or how Jesus was so profaned and how marriage would be obsolete today. How basic institution, before the church was even an institution. God created the home. He created the marriage. He created the man. He created the woman. Just those two. Just those two. He created those. Whoever thought that marriage would be obsolete today? Whoever thought that morality would be in a free fall that it's in today? Whoever thought that the Bible would be marginalized as it is today? Whoever thought that the church would be irrelevant as it is today. Whoever thought that the Muslim state, a Muslim state, could intimidate the world as it's doing today. Another excerpt in his book in regards to that and how the, the, the head of Iran spoke at the uh, uh, National uh, the League of Nations and, and what he said and what he prayed in his prayer to his God. If we had stood and prayed a Christian prayer like he prayed that heathen prayer, my goodness gracious, no telling what would have happened. Who would ever thought that a Muslim state could intimidate the world as it's being done today? And who would ever thought when America turned, would turn its back one day on Israel? Who would ever dreamed of that? And that's where we are in America today. We are in a downward spiral. And our only hope is that America returns to its true foundation. One nation under God with liberty and justice. Not just for a few, but for all. God will bring to naught nations who rebel against him. God will bring to naught Nations who rebel against him. God will bless the nation who honors him and honors his word. Proverbs 33, verse 12. Blessed is the nation 
because God is the Lord. I want to show you where we were. I want to show you where we've been in our past. And I want to show you and let you sense in your own heart, in your own spirit, where we are now.